Coming up next on the Passion Struck Podcast. What I try to do when I see someone doing something not the right way, I will say to them, I don't say, hey, you're doing this wrong. I just say, try it this way and you might feel it a little bit more. And then they'll kind of fix it. And then they're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I do. Thanks. So you never want to make someone feel bad or like they're doing it wrong. But I just try to give a little tip on how to do it even better, for instance. Welcome visionaries, creators, innovators, entrepreneurs, leaders, and growth seekers of all types to the Passion Struck Podcast. Hi, I'm John Miles, a peak performance coach, multi-industry CEO, Navy veteran, and entrepreneur on a mission to make passion go viral for millions worldwide. And each week I do so by sharing with you an inspirational message and interviewing high achievers from all walks of life to unlock their secrets and lessons to becoming passion struck. The purpose of our show is to serve you, the listener, by giving you tips, tasks, and activities you can use to achieve peak performance and pursue the passion-driven life you have always wanted to have. Now, let's become passion struck. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 113 of the Passion Struck Podcast. And thank you to each and every one of you who comes back weekly to listen and learn, to live better, be better, and impact the world. And if you're new to this show, or you would just like to introduce it to a friend or family member, we now have episode starter packs, which are collections of your favorite episodes organized by topic, which gives any new listener a great way to get acquainted to everything that we do here on the show. Just go to passionstruck.com slash starter packs to get started. And you can also find them now on Spotify. In addition to that, if you'd rather watch these interviews instead of listening to them, we have our YouTube channel at John R. Miles with over 240 different videos so that you can get your daily inspiration. Today's episode features my friend, Hannah Ranfrans, who is an IFBB professional bikini competitor and Olympian. She coaches lifestyle and competition preparation online and trains clients in person via Team Infinity. She has a bachelor's degree in applied exercise and health and a minor in organizational leadership and supervision from Purdue University. And in my discussion today with Hannah, we go into how she got the fitness bug at such a young age, how she got involved in wanting to make a career out of health and wellness, how she became involved with becoming a bikini competitor, what it takes to compete and her overwhelming training routine, the steps she took to become a professional bikini competitor and Olympian, how she lives an intentional life by taking deliberate daily actions, her advice about following your passion, and why her goal is to help others become the best version of themselves inside and out and to help them lead a happier, healthier life. Thank you for choosing Passion Struck and choosing me to be your host and guide on your journey to creating an intentional life. Before we begin, I would like to emphasize that this podcast is part of my hope and desire to bring zero cost information to the general public regarding how to create an intentional life. And in keeping with that theme, I would like to thank today's sponsors of this episode. Our next partner has a product that I literally use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens six months ago because I wanted to achieve optimal performance and better gut health. And I can tell you it does that and so much more. I've noticed an overall improvement in my sleep quality, recovery from my daily workouts, and better mental clarity. I take it first thing in the morning with an eight ounce glass of water. So what's in that glass of water? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food based superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day off right. With 
all the stressors around us, this is such an easy way to solve your daily nutrition. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew cup of coffee. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash passionstruck. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash passionstruck to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Today's podcast is brought to you by Raycon. We're a few months into 2022 but that doesn't mean you have to give up on switching up your workout routine or going someplace new. I know for me, this year is all about new challenges and there's no better way to do them than with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears, which look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, you don't have to worry about them falling out of your ears as you do your hit classes, CrossFit, biking, gym days, running, or walking. And they are priced just right at half the price of other premium brands. It's no surprise that they have over 48,000 five-star reviews. And right now, PassionStruck listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash passionstruck. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash passionstruck to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash passionstruck. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this show. All those codes and URLs can be difficult to remember, so we put them in one easy place at passionstruck.com slash deals. Please consider supporting those who support the show and make it possible. Now back to Passionstruck. So excited today to welcome Hannah Ranfranz to the Passion Struck Podcast. Hannah, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this all week long. Well, me too. And I especially like it when I get to interview friends and, and people I know on the podcast. Uh, I think it brings a completely different dimension. So um, definitely. I'm, well, I thought for the the listeners or viewers that a great starting point would be um, where did you develop this love that you have for physical fitness? So I have grown up playing sports my entire life. You know, I played gym or I played soccer when I was little, then I did gymnastics. Then I started playing softball, volleyball. I did cheerleading. I was a runner. And then it was in high school that I got my first gym membership. And I asked my parents if I could have a personal trainer and they were like, sure. And I was like, okay, great. Cause I wanted to learn how to use the equipment in the gym. Cause I had no idea what really any of it was. So then I just started strength training when I was 14 or 15 and I fell in love with it. And then I actually wanted to go to culinary school, which is really funny to uh, go bake cupcakes. But, uh, my mom was like, Hannah, you love the holidays. Keep that as your hobby. Keep baking as your hobby. And I was like, well, I'm good at two things in life, you know, working out, making cookies. So I was like, I guess I'll go to school for exercise and health. So then that's what I did. And I just put my everything into it and decided to take my career that route. And when you're going through that curriculum, what are some of like the studies that they have you do? Is it, is it, how do you train your body? How do you eat in certain ways? Um, I'm not familiar with the curriculum. 
So I did a little bit of both. I went to Purdue in West Lafayette. I graduated with a degree in applied exercise and health, and all of my courses were health and kinesiology based. So I did, I had such a wide range of classes from clinical anatomy to exercise physiology to nutrition courses. I did the whole thing. And then in order to even graduate, we had to be certified as a personal trainer then to finish off our clinical hours and everything as a senior. And then I was already doing what I do now when I was in college and That was part of our clinical hours, teaching workout classes for Purdue. We did that in college and it was just so much fun. So honestly, once I graduated college, my life really didn't change at all. I was just making money instead of paying to do it. Okay. And so where does one create this desire to be a professional uh, bikini contender? I mean, is it something that you kind of stumbled upon or is it something that you discovered in college and and afterwards said, I'm going to go after this? How does that happen? So when I was in college, I would work out. I would live at the co-rec and I would work. I worked there. I had my classes there and I worked out. So I was just at the gym 24 seven and I would have people come up to me and they would ask me, do you compete? And I'm like, no, what's that? I had no idea what it was. And when I was in school, I actually went through some bad depression and anxiety. And when I graduated college, I was just really, really skinny. And I decided like I really wanted to put on weight and I wanted to put on healthy weight and build some muscle. And I was like, you know, I want to do one of these bikini competitions and put on some muscle in a healthy way and gain weight in a healthy way. And I wanted to learn and grow as a trainer as well. So competing is not a cheap sport. It's a very expensive hobby, especially if you're not sponsored for anything. So once I was graduated and working, I decided to get myself a coach and then do a competition for fun. And It was after, before I even stepped on stage at my first show ever, I was immediately hooked and I just knew I was going to be doing it the rest of my life. Okay. And how, like how nerve wracking is that when you go up there the first time, because, you know, you're having to show your whole body and, you know, for some people that's a difficult thing uh, for them to want to do. Yeah. It's definitely going far outside of a comfort zone when you're up on that stage for the first time ever. And it's pretty crazy because actually this weekend is a big national show that they hold every single year for the amateurs in the NPC, which is the National Physique Committee. And it's a show where you can turn pro at. And I stepped on the national stage just a few weeks after my first show ever, because I had won my first show. And so I got to go on to nationals. And I just remember being a deer in headlights up there. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just in my head thinking, hit this pose, hit this pose, hit this pose, smile. Okay. Turn, keep your back arched, keep your glutes held high. And you're just, the things going through your mind is hilarious. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I guess it leads me to ask, what are the judges looking for when you're up there? So when you step on stage, the judges are looking for a lot. I always describe it to the general population as it's like a Victoria's Secret show with muscle almost. It's like a beauty pageant with muscle. So they're looking for 
you're a certain level of conditioning because there's different categories that women can compete in. You have bikini, then you have figure, then you have women's physique, and now they added in women's wellness. So there's different criteria for each one. And that's, like I said, level of conditioning, the amount of muscle, a certain level of leanness, not being too lean, not being too hard, not being too striated, not having your veins show. It's bikini is very subjective. So it's pretty hard because, you know, you're based, you're judged based off what you're standing next to. So at the end of the day, it's almost an opinion too of the judges because some judges like the girls a little more conditioned. Some don't want you too conditioned. And with bikini, it's the category that has the least amount of muscle out of all the bodybuilding categories they have for women. And then it goes back to suit color, how your hair looks, how your makeup is. I mean, your nails got to be done. Your tan has to look perfect. It's everything, jewelry, heels, it all plays a part. Yeah. How much does confidence and the way you project yourself matter into it? So that plays, that's one of the biggest things on stage because you can definitely outpose someone. And when it comes to posing, that's confidence. And you got to look like you know what you're doing up there and you got to act like you know what you're doing. You got to act like you own that show when you're up there. And when I go out now, you know, I've done probably around 30 shows now and which is a lot. So when I go on stage now, I still get a little bit of nerves, but I am more confident than ever before on stage now, of course, just because I've practiced and been doing this since 2017. So it comes a point where your routine just becomes muscle memory. Okay. And, and you mentioned the NPC and, and you know, I'm one of these people who doesn't know anything about this at all, but what is the difference between the NPC and the IFBB, uh, which you're now part of? That's a great question. So the NPC is the National Physique Committee, and then you have the IFBB, which is the International Federation of Bodybuilding. So how it works is when you first start competing, you can compete at the local regional level. And that's just shows all over the country. And you can enter novice, true novice. There's categories for the beginners and you have masters and stuff like that too. And if you place first or second at one of those shows at the local level, that will then qualify you for a national level show, which is like the one I talked about this weekend, for instance. And there's I think there is six national shows a year. That's what it was when I first started competing. There was six national shows in the U.S. where you could compete at to earn your pro card. And some shows you have to get first place at the national level. Sometimes it's top two. And then there's some who it's not just first place in your height class, but then also you have to be top four in the overall, for instance. So then at one of those national level shows is how you can earn your IFBB pro status. Okay. And I didn't realize that that's how they did it was by height. I didn't know if it was by weight, by height. Um, yes. By age. For, right. So for bikini, we go based off height categories. And then once you turn pro though, there's, it's just open. They don't have height classes anymore for the pros since obviously the pro shows are smaller than the national level, for instance. So it's 
just all open, but then they also have masters as well, which masters starts at age 35. And then you have 35 and up 40 and up 45 and up. And from there. Yeah. Um, looking back at 35, it's funny to think that that's what they <laughs> describe as a master. But uh, so with, with that said, you know, I think people listening to this may think, okay, you're in a bikini contest. You know, how difficult can that be to prepare for? Um, and I think they've got the concept completely wrong because I've, I've seen you out and about and I know how disciplined you are, but you know, what, how long before a competition do you really start training or are you training all the time? I train year round, 365 days a year. I am always going a hundred miles an hour. I, when it comes to cutting for a show, typically, because I stay pretty lean year round, it's, it's not good to stay at your stage weight year round just because we have to get so lean for our shows. So I will do anywhere from like an eight to a 12 week prep for a show, which isn't too long, but some women need anywhere from 12 to 20, 24 weeks to get ready for a show. It just depends on how much fat you have to lose because we step on stage at such a low body weight. But I always say, it's your off season, which I like to call my improvement season that is going to set you up for a successful prep. So if you are mindful in your off season, if you don't gain a whole bunch of body fat and you're just putting on lean muscle while staying in a healthy range, as far as body fat goes, then it's a lot easier to diet down for the show. And then, like I said, you're really only cutting in, in that caloric deficit for for me, like I said, around 10 weeks. Okay. And so what does a typical week look like for you, especially if you're into that, you know, six to eight weeks before a show, what, what does training look like? So I train for about two hours a day because I'll typically do maybe around an hour of cardio and then around an hour, hour and a half of lifting. And I am just on the go 24 seven, always on my feet. So I don't have to do any crazy intense cardio just because I do a lot of walking. And like I said, I stay very active, but with exercise, you know, I'm never missing a workout. I'm in the gym six days a week. If I go a seventh day, it's just to do a little walk, foam roll, stretch. It's not, it's like almost an active rest day. And sometimes I'm, I only strength train five days a week though, just depending on how my body's feeling. I'm very in tune with my body and it's actually during the recovery process and our sleep, for instance, that our muscles are growing. It's when we're in the gym, we're breaking them down. So it's the recovery that they actually build back, repair themselves and grow. So that's why that one rest day, at least a week is very important. And just so you're not getting any overuse injuries or burned out and just running your body into the ground. And as far as diet goes, I keep it very, very clean. Um, I typically follow low, low fat. I don't do low carbs because I'm so active. My body needs those carbs. So I prefer to follow a low fat diet and I just keep it very, very clean, less condiments and which sometimes, you know, can mean maybe some less flavor, but I do a lot of spices too and seasonings to flavor my food with no calories. And then I weigh every single thing that goes into my body. I am 
making sure I'm drinking a gallon a day. I'm making sure I get eight hours of sleep every single night and I am stretching. I am just taking care of myself and really prioritizing every single thing because bodybuilding is a 24 seven job. It's not like we just go to our practice for an hour or two, and then we're a free bird for the rest of the day. Every single minute of the day matters practically. Yeah. I was going to ask you, do you, do you allow yourself uh, cheat meals? Do you eat sweets? Do you drink alcohol or? So when I'm in season, I do not drink at all. Uh, sometimes I will have a glass of wine with a refeed is what I like to call them. I don't like to call it a cheat meal because cheating is something we're not supposed to be doing when you're in a caloric deficit for months on end, you need a refeed. So even with my lifestyle clients, I like to call it a refeed or a free meal just because with the idea of cheating, then sometimes clients may go overboard or overeat and then they feel really guilty or they just think, oh, I shouldn't have a cheat meal. I shouldn't be cheating. I don't want to cheat on my plan. So I just like to term it as a free meal or a refeed just for the whole mental idea of it. And I will have those along my prep, especially if I've been dieting for a very long time and I'm going back to back with shows because my body needs that caloric bump. And then often I can, if I'm on prep and I've been dieting for a really long time, I could go out for a burger and then drop a pound the next day. (laughs) Okay. Well, how does a a person, if you're a professional in this sport, make a a living? Is it similar to podcasting where you have sponsors who end up uh, supporting you? Yeah, that's actually a really good comparison because you really do not make any money competing. I mean, only top three get paid at these shows and you have anywhere from, I would say on average 15 to 40 women competing at each show. So to place top five at a professional bikini competition is actually pretty difficult, especially with the quality of athletes nowadays. These women just look phenomenal. And When it comes down to it, a lot of the people who are in this sport and make a living from it are the people who really know how to market themselves and advertise and like you said, sponsors. So a lot of us who compete at the professional level are sponsored athletes. So whether it's from nutrition companies and your supplement companies and gym, like gym, strength training equipment and like gyms in general, who also local gyms will help sponsor athletes. And then, I mean, I even promote peanut butter on my Instagram, which that's a little side hustle. So there's a lot of things you can do and lots of sponsorships you can land within Instagram, basically. Okay. Well, maybe you can give me some pointers on that um, for my life (laughs) work. I, yeah, I, don't, I, I haven't gotten any, uh, I, I keep getting these things. We'd like to have you be an ambassador for our product, but most yeah. of them want you to pay for the product. And then, right, right. It's a scheme. Oh, of course. It's, it's a total <laughs> scheme all day long. So yeah. I just, oh. anytime I hear that, I'm just like, forget about it. Right. And then also a lot of us who compete are coaches as well. So that's really how we make our money and make a living is because we coach. Okay. And so when you're at a, at, at a gym, um, do you find women sometimes come up to you and, and ask you about, uh, the training that you're doing, or 
do you find that people are intimidated to talk to you? I get a little bit of both. So if I go into a bodybuilding style gym, even LA fitness, I can have women who come up to me who actually follow me on social media and they'll introduce themselves because in the bodybuilding community, I'm a little bit more known just because I've been competing for so many years and have competed at Olympia and stuff. So I'll, I have a large following on my social media just through that. So when I'm in like the bodybuilding world, people will come up to me, but every now and then you, people will be more intimidated just because I am very lean, very muscular. And I guess that can be intimidating to some. And I have, I'll have guys who tell me like my muscles are bigger than theirs, which they're not. (laughs) But my mom always tells me I'm intimidating. I don't think I'm intimidating. I think I'm like one of the goofiest, funniest people I know. So I think it's funny when people are intimidated, but I can see how others would be intimidated in a way, I guess. But I will have people come up and ask me questions. And also, if I see someone maybe doing something, an exercise, and they're not using proper form, I I feel like it's my duty as a trainer and as a coach to fix someone's form, just whether it's to protect them from injury or just help them out. So I like to communicate with others when I'm in the gym. That's for sure. I try to make myself open. We'll be right back to the Passion Struck Podcast. Producing a quality podcast takes a ton of content creation, and I'm constantly looking for ways to up my game and efficiency. That is why I love Grammarly and use it daily, whether it's writing podcast show notes, an article, my solo episode scripts, or just for email and social media posts. Grammarly not only helps me with spelling and grammar checks, but it is a writing tool that helps ensure that my content is professionally written. They even have unique capabilities for tone adjustment, clarity suggestions, and full sentence rewrites. Do you also want to save time and strike the right tone with your audience? Get through those emails and your work quicker by keeping it concise, confident, and effective with Grammarly. And they are offering Passionstruck listeners a special discount. Go to Grammarly.com slash Passionstruck to sign up for an account for free. And when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium, get 20% off for being my listener. That's 20% off at G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash Passionstruck. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host the Passionstruck podcast. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your own podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcasting hosting for free. Check it out. Please consider those who support this show and make it free and possible for our listeners. And remember, we put all these codes at passionstruck.com slash deals. Now back to Passionstruck. I think that's one of the most important things someone can do. Uh, my my son, who's a few years younger than you, he's 23, hired a personal trainer um, last year, and he is in very good shape, but he, he just thought, you know, I feel like my form could be better and it's hard to observe yourself, even if you're in a mirror. 
to, right. to know how your form is. And because what I found is when I used to lift, um, I was, I was lifting good weights at times, but I wasn't using proper form. And when yes. I started to use the proper form, my core strength, like overnight just started improving so much. Right. So for me, one of the things that I always watch people do is the row. And I see these people just like, just moving their whole thing in their body. body. Yes. And it just, I I've never said anything to anyone because I'm not a trainer, but I right. just sit there and look like you are just taking so much of your gains out of what you're, you're putting into it by just the way you're doing it. Yeah. And what I try to do when I see someone doing something not the right way, I will say to them, I don't say, Hey, you're doing this wrong. I just say, try it this way. And you might feel it a little bit more and then they'll kind of fix it. And then they're like, Oh, wow. Yeah, I do. Thanks. So you never want to make someone feel bad or like they're doing it wrong, but I just try to give a little tip on how to do it even better, for instance. So it's form and your muscle mind connection play a huge role when training. So people are always amazed because I really don't even lift that heavy when I'm in the gym, but it's just, I'm always focusing so much on that muscle mind connection because your strength, training strength and training for muscle hypertrophy are two completely different muscle fibers that you're going to be working and to make that stronger versus making it bigger is different rep ranges and everything. So it's important to train in different ways for certain things, for instance, just like bodybuilding. Right. And I, I was asked, asked this of, of people who go to the gym a lot and are, are training, are there body parts that you enjoy to train and ones that um, you're like, damn, I got to do a leg day today. Um, <laughs> so I was just telling someone this the other day. I think it's so funny that after I've been working out, well, my whole life, but specifically in a gym since I was 14 and I'm 26 now. And every single day I wake up and I am so excited to go to the gym. You think I get sick of it, but I don't. <laughs> and I don't necessarily have any body part that I don't like training. I... Sometimes legs are my fit glutes. I don't like training legs too much because I'm very quad dominant. So I have to focus on my glutes more because with bikini, it's about staying balanced and it's not a glute competition. For instance, it's about having an overall balanced physique. So I'm lower body dominant. So I'm always trying to train my upper body to keep up with my lower half, but I enjoy training glutes. I love training shoulders. I love training back because those are my back is like my area of weakness. So I like training it because it's something I know I need to improve, but I can say the only thing I don't like training about back is I have really bad grip strength because I have early onset arthritis and I get, I can get trigger finger in my hands. So that's really the only reason I don't like training back. Other than that, I love it. Yeah. I, I, my least favorite is actually doing back, but, um, I'm having to do it now more than I've ever had because I keep getting, um, rotator cuff, um, Ooh. strains and it's because yeah. my front is stronger than my back. So now I'm right. doing like two times as much, uh, back exercises as I am, uh, 
Get ready to supercharge your hiring experience with Indeed, our fantastic partner. We at PassionStruck are all about seeking smarter, more efficient ways to do things, and Indeed perfectly aligns with this philosophy when it comes to hiring. It's more than just a job site. It's a comprehensive platform that revolutionizes the way you find the perfect candidates. With its powerful matching engine and over 350 million global monthly visitors, Indeed streamlines the hiring process, bringing top talent straight to you. No more sifting through endless unqualified resumes. Indeed does the heavy lifting just for you. And what I love about Indeed is its ability to centralize all your hiring activities. From scheduling interviews and screening applicants to messaging candidates, it's all in one place. During my career, I've hired thousands of employees, and I only wish I had Indeed's efficiency and speed back then. And here's a fact that absolutely blows my mind. 93% of employers, according to a recent survey, say Indeed delivers the best quality matches over other job sites. That's quality and speed hand in hand. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash passionstruck. Just go to Indeed.com slash passionstruck right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash passionstruck. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know all those discount codes are difficult to remember, so we put them all at passionstruck.com slash deals. Now, back to passionstruck. Right. That's great. Yeah. To help fix that muscle imbalance. I always say, you know, when people are training, if you're, if you have like just a push day, make sure you have a straight pull day. Or if you just have an upper body day, make sure you're always switching between a push and a pull. That way you're keeping balance between front and back. And like you said, if you're lacking in the back, then you might have to chill it out on the front side and work the posterior a little bit more just to keep yourself balanced. Okay. And you know, when people sometimes see these competitions, I think the natural thing that comes to your mind is, is it kind of like a wrestler preparing for a meet where they're starving themselves, you know, for the few days going up? And is that a common happenstance or are most of the people so regimented that they're gradually doing this lean down? So it's funny you say that because wrestlers are actually one of the only other athletes who can really understand what bodybuilders go through because they understand wrestling is a big one where the diet plays such a huge role because they're trying to make weight. And with bodybuilding, we dry out for the show. But like you said, if someone is prepared, they're not going to have to starve themselves and feel like death during their peak week. During peak week, what I typically do, and I know a lot of other bodybuilders do as well, is you will have to deplete a little bit more. So I do cut back on my carbs, maybe lower my fat a little bit peak week. So I will be a little bit hungrier, a little bit low energy, but then sometimes two days out from the show, sometimes just the day before the show is when we will start to fill out and you'll fill out before the show. You'll start gradually carb loading, kind of up your fats a little bit and then fill out into the show. So a good coach will typically have their competitor ready ahead of schedule and not be trying to pull everything and then kill the client the last week. So it just all goes for how prepared you are really. Okay. And I'm going to come back to that um, here in a second, because I know 
you do coach people, but um, I did want to ask a couple more questions. Um, so how does someone become an Olympian in the sport or reach that level that they get to compete um, in events like that? So in order to qualify for the Olympia, you have to win a professional show. So like I talked about getting to the IFBB, and then once you're in the IFBB, you compete at that higher level. And then once you win a pro show is what we always say, like stamps your ticket to the O. And another way you can qualify for the Olympia for a bikini, they take the top five on the point system. So every time you do a show, if you place top five at a pro show, you can earn points. And then the top five on the point list also qualify for Olympia. So back in 2019, I actually did 13 shows and it was on the last show of the year that I won. And that qualified me for the Olympia in 2020. So I competed at the Olympia in 2020 that was actually held right over here in Orlando, which is where they hold it every year now because it used to be in Vegas. Okay. And just so people can understand, like how difficult um, is it to win one of these tournaments? Because I don't know how many people um, are trying to compete uh, here, but I imagine it's it's more than I would suspect. So yeah, it it's definitely difficult. You know, you have girls trying for years and years to try to qualify for the Olympia. And it's the same thing. You have girls years and years just trying to turn pro even. So to turn pro is very, very difficult. And to qualify for the Olympia, how I always describe the Olympia, the Olympia is like the Super Bowl of bodybuilding. So that's all of the top competitors in the world. So when I compete at local shows or well, like shows in the States and stuff at the pro level, I am Hannah Ann Franz from St. Petersburg, Florida. And when I'm at the Olympia, I am Hannah Ann Franz from the USA. So you're just representing your country as a whole when you're at the Olympia, just like the Olympics, for instance. But now the level of athletes, it is just insane. The sport has evolved a lot over the years. So you just have these women with amazing conditioning. They're coming in lean. They're coming in tight. Uh, the suits that we wear are just gorgeous. Every crystal is hand placed on. And these women are just the most beautiful women you've ever seen. I had my uncle come out to one of my shows in California and he was like, how the heck do you pick a winner? I'm just looking at all the most beautiful women I've ever seen stuff on stage. And I'm like, I know. That's why I always say at the end of the day, you can never be upset over a placement because I feel like any woman within top five, even top 10 sometimes could win the show and no one can argue it because okay. yeah. everyone just looks incredible. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for explaining that. Um, so how, how do you now help um, women who are interested in doing this as a coach? So I have been coaching competitors for a couple of years now. I, used to coach for a team online. And then, so I was like an independent contractor, but I actually just started my own team, which is called team infinity. So I coach clients all over the world and I coach them online 
lifestyle and competition prep, but all of my clients who work with me, I give them either their macros to follow, which are your carbs, protein, and fats. So they follow macros or they follow a structured meal plan. And then I also give them their workouts to do every single week. And they just check in with me online via email with their weight, their photos. Some clients like to do measurements, but the reason we check in with photos is because the scale is not our only measurement of progress. And especially when you have someone's strength training, their body composition can really, really change. And you can have someone look so much leaner, but then not even lose a single pound because muscle takes up so much less space than fat. So you can have someone really, really tighten up, but the scale won't even change. So that's why we also check in with photos as well. Well, because I imagine for every client that you coach, each one is going to have a different diet regimen based on their body composition and correct. depending, like you said, your, your uh, bottom half of your body is stronger than your top, but a person yes. can be the reverse. So you have to mix up. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of it, I always say it's, it's not a one size fits all. So when it comes down to it, it is finding what works for that client and their body as well, because not everyone likes to follow a structured plan. Not everyone likes to follow macros. Some people like certain foods. Some people do better on high fat. Some people do better on low fat. And that's what I love about coaching and training in general is just no two humans on planet earth are the same. All of my clients are so different and unique in their own ways. And it's just really fun too. You know, you're working with a engineer, a nurse, a stay-at-home mom, and someone in the army. And it's just so neat to have such a wide variety of clients. And the same thing with age too. You can compete at any age. You're never too old. You have, I have 60-year-olds who have stepped on stage before and they motivate me so much. And they're such an inspiration to me even. And it's just so cool how I always say we don't exercise because we grow old. We exercise to keep from growing old. So it's just really neat to see how the fitness journey, it's truly never ending and anyone can get on board with it. Yeah. I've got a great story for you. Um, I have a, a friend I used to work with um, as much as 15, 16 years ago. He's a number of years older than me. I, I think he's now in his early to mid sixties, but he decided to retire. And when he retired, he completely lost his passion. He started okay. putting on all this weight. He, he probably gained 30, 40 pounds. And he's like, something has got to change. And so he discovered um, indoor rowing and um, he, he got into it, started to love it. And then he's like, my belly is so big. I need to start exercising more and eating differently because I want to get better at this. And then he's like, and then he started to see improvement. He's like, you know, I'm not getting good sleep. So I've got to focus on getting better sleep. And then he's like, now I got to focus in on when is the best time for me to do this? And how do I get into a routine? Then he's like, how do I get to better form? And so now he does it five, six days a week. And he does those things where he's like, he's got one of those systems where he competes against other people, Yeah. but, but he's now started a blog about um, rowing. He's now started 
coaching other people on how to do rowing. He's so it's, it's amazing that he's found this passion uh, right. for rowing and how many positive benefits it's, it's had on him. Yeah. That's the one thing I always say about exercise and health. It's just, it's so amazing how it just overflows into so many areas of your life. And I always tell people, I'm like, I exercise to stay sane. (laughs) I'm like, you don't want to deal with me if I haven't gone to the gym. I'm like, that's what keeps me sane, but it's just really neat. And that's honestly one of my favorite parts about being a coach and a trainer is I really do love working with lifestyle clients because I had a client who I trained and he was an engineer, sat at a desk all day long and never worked out, never had been to a gym in his life. Now he books hiking trips to the Grand Canyon and signs up for races all the time and just lives for exercise and health. And I just think it's the coolest thing ever when someone can just fall in love with this lifestyle. And just like your friend, that's just so amazing how he now coaches others and there's so much opportunity within it as well. And it's just really neat to inspire other people to just get on board with it as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I did want to ask, since we both live in the same town, um, have you ever um, crossed ways with Mac Brezina? No, I have not. Um, Mac um, does some form of, of competing. She's also um, kind of a, a, a trainer. She does not like to use the word um, physical trainer. Her, okay. her, her motto is it's all about, she says, it's all about the other 23 hours. She goes, because you can come in there and do that hour workout. But if you're not putting in the reps in the other 23 hours, then, you know, whatever gains you're, you're making, you're going to throw right out the window. Um, but I had her on the podcast and um, she was actually, I think, episode three I ever did. Okay. And, and um, a lot of the same things that you're talking about uh, are things that she talked about as well about discipline, et cetera. And where this is leading to is you don't typically see people like you when you're 23, 24, 25, 26, with this level of discipline and intentionality about what you're trying to achieve. So is that something that just came natural to you? Or is it something that you constantly have to work on? So it's funny, they say motivation is like hygiene, you got to shower, you got to do it daily. So I I'm one who is very internally motivated. And with what I do, work, competing, you have to be very, very internally motivated. And it's funny, when I first started competing, I had just gotten out of a very bad relationship and I just poured my everything into competing. I actually turned pro in eight months and then I qualified for the Olympia like my rookie year as a pro, just because I always joked and said I started dating competing. And so it was like my coping mechanism. And when I go through something hard in life, I always work every single day to make myself better. And I always try to focus on the positives and I always try to do things to keep me motivated. And really motivating others is what keeps me going along my own journey. So it's really great that I work within the industry as well, because I always say my clients, they're the ones who keep me going every single day. They motivate me far more than they know. And I read a lot of books. I 
journal and I just try to be very intentional every single day and just really live my life with purpose. And I always like being a part of something bigger than myself as well. So just staying very involved and really putting myself out there and doing things that just really keep me going every single day. And I just, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer and I just, I'm always going with the flow and I'm always just trying to live life to the fullest. And I always say growth doesn't take place in your comfort zone. So I'm always trying to do things that challenge myself and help me learn and grow. I mean, that's why I stepped on stage in the first place was just to try to learn and grow as a trainer and better myself. Well, I'm glad you brought up um, that you like to live authentically because that is one of the whole purposes of passion struck is how do you, how do you help people around the world become their authentic selves? Because I think more people get wrapped up around social norms or what the world is telling them to be or what their friends are doing that oftentimes they don't pursue something like you're pursuing um, and they settle for a paycheck or they settle for something that on the surface seems easy because it gives them comfort, but down the line, I think it brings a lot of discomfort and they start feeling helpless. They feel stuck. Um, So what would be your advice to someone like that? So I read a book called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield, and that book changed my life. I read that book and it just talks about how if you have enough passion for something, you can truly make a living at whatever it may be that you want to do. But you just have to really live with that intention and that passion and that purpose. And you can't be afraid to take risks and you're going to fail. And I've failed countless amount of times. I can't even tell you how many times I failed. I feel like a failure pretty often. And But I, the way I look at failure, it's all about your mindset. Because in all reality, I have zero regrets in my life because every single failure has led me to where I am today. So you can't look at a failure as a roadblock, it's just an obstacle that you're going to get around and it's only going to make you stronger in the end. And for every door that closes, there's going to be a new one that opens. And it's just walking by faith and not by sight. And like I said, taking that risk. And I just wrote a post today and I talked about how when I let go of what I am, I am able to become who I might be. And in order to fly, you got to give up the ground that you're standing on and you just got to go for it and keep dreaming big. And when it comes down to it, you have to believe in yourself. And that's the one thing I try to really instill into all of my clients and just everyone is really self-love and self-confidence because people don't realize how much power we have. We have so much power that it's scary. We literally can wake up every single day and be whoever we want to be. We live in America. You can do whatever you want to do. You just got to wake up and do it. You can 
be whoever you want to be. You can go back to school at any age. You can go out and get any certification that you want to go get. You have the freedom to do anything. And there's going to be hard times. The other week, I had a really rough week. I had failure and doubt creeping in, but I always say that's why God gave us friends and people in our lives. I have people who I can lean on and I tell them when I'm not feeling great. And I tell them and I express my feelings of fear to others so that they can help me and help me get my head out of those bad spots and keep me going strong. But surrounding yourself, it's so important to surround yourself with people who inspire you and uplift you because who you who you surround yourself with is really who you become. And I always say that I'm the dumbest one in the room. And I'm not afraid to admit that because I surround myself with people who are, I think are so brilliant. And all my friends will tell you I'm smart, but I always think they're so much smarter than me, but then they push me to want to be better. And we all just learn and grow from each other. So you have to surround yourself with people you want to be like and people you want to become and just always be striving for more. Yeah, I was reading uh, an article about Pete Carroll. If you're not familiar with him or if a listener isn't, he's the used to be the coach of the USC Trojans and I think took him to seven national championships and won like six of them. And he's been the Seattle Seahawks coach. But one of um, the biggest things that he builds a team around is grit. And he has this saying he gives to the team, um, which is you've got to compete every day. And what he means by it, it's not like you have to compete with other people on the team. He goes, you have to compete with yourself to be the best version of yourself every day, which means living your life intentionally in every moment to make yourself better. And, yeah. and I think you're, you know, what, what you said, and thank you for being vulnerable about it is we all have bad days. We all have, can get in this funk yeah. or in a bad, a bad week. And so much of it just because it becomes these mental demons that start impacting you. Um, but yes, your, your friends and family can get you out of it. Um, I also, I'm a true believer in something I call the physics of progress, meaning um, the second law of thermodynamics states that over time you will experience entropy. So unless you put some type of positive energy in the middle of that to prevent that entropy from happening, you're, you're eventually going to hit a, de a declining state. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's why a lot of companies, um, lose their way is because over time they kind of lose that energy and drive that was making them cutting right. edge or unique. And I think the same thing happens in people's lives. If you don't keep the momentum going and recognize when you are having a setback or, or a period of self-doubt, you know, that's kind of when you need to double down and get that influx back to keep the momentum going to get over that entropy point. So right. Life is just like a bicycle. You just got to keep going to maintain the balance. And I always say too, the moment you think you're the best is the moment you get beat. And what I love so much about bodybuilding is just like you said, you are your own competition. It is a, such a you versus you sport. It's me versus me every single day. And I think 
really once I let go of trying to compete with all those around me is when I really blossomed myself. And one of my favorite quotes is a flower doesn't think about competing with the flower next to it. It just blooms. So everyone goes at their own pace too. So you can't compare your journey to anyone else's journeys because I always say like, we're all so unique in our own ways and we all go our own pace and whether it's a small step or a big step, you just got to keep taking the steps and it's okay because all of those tiny little baby steps, they're going to add up to the big ones. So sometimes you got to break down the big goals and just take life day by day because it's tough. Whatever it is in life that you're striving towards, life is tough. That is for sure. Well, I, I say it a little bit differently. Um, I, I say you have to, a lot of people get so focused on the output that they don't concentrate enough on the inputs that yes. are going to produce the output. And so, you know, I find if you're really passionate about something and maybe you've experienced this, I knew, you know, there are times um, in my life, even now that I can be so passionate about producing a podcast or in the past, it was when I was competing, you know, in division one sports that you're training and time becomes malleable. Sometimes it's like I would be running for an hour and it felt like it was five minutes. And other times yeah. it's, it's like the opposite. Um, but what happens is you get so focused and so in tune in the moment that you can bend time. I'm not sure if that's, you've ever had that happen to you, but. At times I feel it's the same thing. I feel like 24 hours is not enough time in a day. And then other times, you know, the days they can fly by or they can creep by. And really, I always try to live in the moment too. You got to live in the moment. And like you said, today's actions are tomorrow's results. So I always tell everyone, you have to focus on the journey because when you truly focus on the journey and enjoy the ride, then like you said, that's going to produce the outcome that you want. So you have to live making the most of every single day. And when you do that, and when you take all the actions and you focus on, like you said, in the input, then the output is just going to come naturally. And the opportunities will just keep presenting themselves. And like you said, when you get, you can get so caught up in like just creating that end goal, but there's often times where I'm like, okay, let's bring it back to my why. And I remind myself, what is my why? Like, what's my true purpose here? And sometimes you just have to go back to the base. Yeah, I agree. And I, I have to tell you, you know, for me, having been in a corporate career for so many years and before that, the military, yeah. um, that when I launched out on, on this entrepreneurial um, segment of my life, it was really hard because when you're, yeah, when you know you have to go to work, I mean, you, everything's kind of built around, you know, getting to the job and, and bookends. And when you're yep. doing, when you're an entrepreneur, it, it's like, I don't think I've ever worked this hard in my life. And, but it's, you've got to show up for yourself every day yeah. because it's so easy to say, you know, I'm going to just take the afternoon off or I'm not feeling mm -hmm. the energy today. It's kind of like a workout, but I always yeah. find the workouts when I feel the least amount of energy 
or drive are some of the most fundamental ones I've done. Uh, That's what I say every time. I always, every time I feel like it's not the day that I want to be there is always ends up being my best workouts. It's so crazy how that happens. It's so funny, but same thing goes. I always tell people just because I work for myself and I don't go into work every day and I work from home does not mean I sleep in. I am up and I do more before 9 a.m. than most people do who work a regular nine to five job. And that goes back to when you're an entrepreneur, you have to be so internally motivated because like you said, no one's looking at your time card. It's all on you. So you have to hold yourself accountable when you're doing all these things on your own. And like you said, you can't take the afternoon off. And I just said the same thing the other day, how I've these past few weeks, these past few weeks, I've never worked so hard in my life just with starting my new business and everything, how much time and effort you have to put into it working from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed. This is true. So what, <laughs> Hannah, what is your morning routine? Um, Cause I, I, I always find this interesting. So my friends were, I just shared this cause I also have my own podcast and people asked what a day in the life was like for my friend Rini and I, and I, I love mornings. I'm such a morning person. I, it's funny. I don't believe in alarms. I wake up when I wake up, I wake up with the sun, the sun wakes me up and I just like to go off my internal clock. I wake up in the morning. I come downstairs. I make my coffee. I sit down. I read my Bible. I do my journaling. I will answer some emails I'll make my breakfast. I'll pick out my gym outfit. And it's funny. I usually get up by seven and sometimes I don't get out my door until 10 (laughs) because I just take, but I also, I will record what I'm eating for breakfast. I'll post my breakfast. I'll share my Bible notes. I will share whatever journaling I did. I'll share a motivational quote. I'll post something up in my Facebook group for my team. I will, I always joke. I say, I'll blow up my friends with some memes, (laughs) but I just love taking my time in the mornings. It's kind of like my me time. And then since I work from my phone as well, and I'm always doing emails in the morning too, throughout the mornings, just as I go about my day, because anytime a client emails me, I just respond right away as they come in. So always on my phone in the morning too, but I always make sure I do my Bible reading and I get my journaling in. Those are like those two things that just set the tone for my day. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. So if a person would like to learn more about you or to be able to connect with you, how can they do so? So I have my Instagram, which is just my full name at Hannah Ranfrans. And then my team page is Team Infinity Fit. And then that's also my website is teaminfinityfit.com. And you can reach out to me on my personal Instagram, on my business page, either or um, if you wanted to join my team's private Facebook group, I would love to have anyone who wants to join in on that. I love sharing. I've been pouring a lot into that as well, just recipes, motivational stuff. So I just try to give back where I can as well. So I just, like I said, inspiring 
inspiring others is what keeps me going every single day. So I just love staying really involved. Okay. Um, and I've got just four kind of quick questions, um, okay, four great. or five that I ask, and then we'll be done. Um, so the first I would ask is you probably don't stay up late enough to watch it very often, but the, the late, late show, um, they often do car karaoke. If you could do car karaoke with any artist, who would you want to do it with? Ooh, car karaoke, which I don't, I, I really don't watch any TV. Um, wow. That's tough. I'm a big country fan. So I don't have too many. I'm very bad at choosing favorites because I love like all types of music. I don't know. Honestly, maybe I just throw it back to some Britney Spears (laughs) (laughs) as far as karaoke goes or uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce crazy in love. That's one of my favorites. (laughs) Okay. Um, If you were selected by NASA to be one of the first astronauts to go to Mars and they said, once you land, you can establish one law for humanity on the planet Mars. What would it be? Ooh, one law. Um, or value or. I was going to say, be kind. <laughs> smile. You have to greet every single person who comes on and say hi and give them a big <laughs> smile. <laughs> I can just see you greeting the Martians now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> told someone the other day, I'm like, mornings are my favorite. My favorite thing. One of my favorite things in the world is to just say good morning to people and smile and say good morning. That's what everyone would have to say. Good morning and smile. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, so if there was someone that you could meet who's either alive today or deceased, who, who would it be and why? Hmm. Man, asking the hard ones. So does it have to be the first time meeting them? Uh, For this question, yes. It'd be someone you've never Mm. met before. All right. Man. You know, I don't really have maybe like Ralph Waldo Emerson or like Oscar Wilde. Those are some two good people. I love all their quotes and everything. And I actually got to go see Oscar Wilde's grave, but he actually has one of my favorite quotes too. And that's to live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people exist. That is all. So I just feel like he'd be a fun one to meet. Well, I was going to ask you, is there a motto that you live by? And you might've just given it it to me. Yeah, right there. Um, Also just, yeah, to live is the rarest thing in the world and to really fail forward. Failing forward is one of my big ones and just being kind. (laughs) Those are really my main things. It's funny when I used to work for Lowe's, um, our boss was the chief information officer and I had this peer who was in charge of strategy at the time. And he was always like, we have to fail fast and we have to fail often. And the CIO hated it. He goes, why? He goes, failure is not an option. Why would we want to fail? They would get in this, they were both named Steve and they would get in these huge arguments. And Steve Shirley is like, you don't win from success. You weren't, you, 
you grow through failure. We need yeah. to find ways to fail more often. Right. Um, that is so funny. It, I love that. It, these debates that. would go on all the time. And, and this happened for you know, a couple of years. It was funny to watch them. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is amazing. I love that. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your amazing life story and, and lessons. I really appreciate it. Of course. I am so happy I got to come on. It was really an honor to be here. That interview with Hannah Ranfrans, and I wanted to talk about some of the other episodes that we brought up during that interview. One was episode 12 with Giles Stewart about how he found his passion in retirement through indoor rowing. My episode number 19 on the power of choice, which is one of my all-time favorites and one of the most popular on the YouTube channel. And episode two with Mac Brezina, who really does an incredible and inspirational job talking about mental health and the advantages of taking care of yourself. And if there's a guest like Hannah that you would like to see me bring on this show or a topic you would like to hear me discuss on our Momentum Friday episodes, you can email me at MomentumFriday at PassionStruck.com or reach out to me either on Instagram at John R. Miles or LinkedIn at John Miles. And we have just some incredible guests coming up over the next few months. These include New York Times best-selling authors, Susan Payne, Gretchen Rubin, and Admiral James Stavridis, Rear Admiral Tim Gallaudet, who's the former Undersecretary of Commerce, retired astronaut Nicole Stott, as well as a litany of other incredible guests. Thank you as always for coming in, choosing Passion Struck, and helping us with our movement of making people all over the world reach their potential by living intentionally. Now go out there and live life passion struck. Thank you so much for joining us. The purpose of our show is to make passion go viral. And we do that by sharing with you the knowledge and skills that you need to unlock your hidden potential. If you want to hear more, please subscribe to the Passion Struck podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts at. And if you absolutely love this episode, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes and you sharing it with three of your most growth-minded friends so they can post it as well to their social accounts and help us grow our Passion Struck community. If you'd like to learn more about the show and our mission, you can go to passionstruck.com where you can sign up for our, our newsletter, look at our tools, and also download the show notes for today's episode. Additionally, you can listen to us every Tuesday and Friday for even more inspiring content. And remember, make a choice, work hard, and step into your sharp edges. Thank you again for joining us. 